Big welcome and a hearty amen as she comes to the platform at this time. Amen. Keep it going. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We thank you for this word this morning, Lord. Amen. Amen. That's fine. Amen. Amen. <laughs> God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hi, everybody. Good to see you. Good to be back at this wonderful church and the people. And if you're a visitor, I know you're wonderful, too. Want to give honor this morning to Pastor Damien and Pastor Brooke Adele for the work that they're doing here in Lima, Ohio. And the Bible talks about double honor. And uh, that's one of the things I'm going to talk about here in a bit. But how many of you can give them a hand clap this morning for the work? that they are continuing to do no matter what has come and what has gone. Amen. And we thank you, Pastor Damien Tibbs, for his wisdom and graciousness to my husband and I. Um, always talk about this pastor and his lovely wife wherever I go. I was even on Facebook this morning on a Facebook Live and mentioned you again. I don't know what's wrong with me. I keep talking about these people. But uh, praise God. When you meet somebody that's genuine and loves God like you love God, trying to do your best and uh, praying and serving the Lord, it's a good thing. Amen? I said it's a good thing. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, Prophet Adele, why do you praise the Lord? And I said, because he's worthy. Because he's worthy. That's why we praise the Lord. Why do you have to get fanatical? No, you get to. you ever been touched by God, you'll do a little two-step. It's like sticking your finger in a, a light bulb socket. But this morning, I'm just going to dive right into it. I'm going to check my uh, clock here because I want to make sure that I get everything out that the Lord sent me to do. Would you stand to your feet in the presence of God one more time? Hallelujah. Y'all look so nice, except for a couple of you. You could have done better, but no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, kidding. When I'm at home, you wouldn't recognize me. I'm in T-shirts and jeans. When I go out, I tell my husband I'm going to look like everybody else today. And, uh, you know, you don't want to stand out all the time, right? So it's okay if we just lounge once in a while. But uh, so anyway, I want to open with the remainder of the service with prayer. I know we've already prayed. I know people are, have been uh, praying in the intercessory group. And I know that God doesn't mind if we pray again. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Amen. He didn't say worship and he didn't say preaching. That's just an extra blessing on top of it. Amen. <laughs> but if you preach, you'll be worshiping if you do it right. And if you worship, you'll be worshiping and praying. I pray during the preaching too. All right, well, let's go. Father, we come into your presence in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. If it was not for your blood, we would not be able to stand nor kneel our lives before the throne of God. But you said, Lord, that we could find grace and help in time of need as we enter before your throne. And today, Lord, we don't stand on the outer gate shaking it, trying to get in. We come right up to the throne boldly 
unto the throne of grace because we're covered in the blood, not with pride, not with arrogance, not with you owe me something, but with humility and boldness we approach you, Lord. And we ask you today, just as I back up all the prayers that and pray that you'll heal somebody in this section today, a notable healing. You'll heal somebody in this section, a notable healing. You'll heal somebody in this section, a notable healing. You'll heal somebody in this section all along the balcony, the children downstairs, the teenager. Let your healing virtue flow in Jesus' name. And not just physically, Lord, but mentally, spiritually, socially, and in their marriages, their finances, their careers, their ministries. May your healing virtue flow. And we'll give you all the glory, Lord. We won't take an ounce of it. We'll give you all the glory in Jesus' name. And if you agree, shout amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So God began to speak to me. I take a sabbatical every year, just so you know, and what that means is um, I don't listen to the news. I don't listen to other prophets. As a matter of fact, it was only about three or four months ago I heard of Bob Jones. So I never heard that prophecy. I remember giving my own prophecy um, that we passed out on maps and stuff. I was telling uh, Pastor Trevor and his wife this morning about it, and I showed where revival would start. And gee, it just happens to be where it's at. Isn't that something? And then when they were talking about Bob Jones, I thought, well, who's Bob Jones? I already gave a prophecy. But anyway, it doesn't matter, right? As long as God gets the glory, that's the bottom line. And we do give him the glory. So as I began to take the sabbatical away from news, now I'm not a news watcher anyway, but I will keep up. But I'm not going to sit there at the 24-7 news broadcast no, until I start to drool. I'm not going to do that, amen? But I do keep up a little bit. But I, during this season, I don't keep up. I don't let my husband talk to me about it because uh, he's a newsman, and he'll, he'll put little, what are those little things in your ears, and he'll go to the back room so that I can't hear anything. I don't listen to any prophets during that season, and I uh, get before the Lord off and on, and more on than off, and he gives me a word every year for that year. And I've traveled all over and have brought forth uh, these words over the years. And can I tell you that last year, um, I prophesied the war before it came. I said, then my husband's got it. We've got it on paper. We've got it where I said it way before it happened, or there was even a note about it, about how we need to watch Ukraine and Russia and China. And I've mentioned the war and the color of the airplanes. I saw it in a vision. I don't know that stuff. I don't pay any attention to their airplanes. I might hear about something, but I didn't hear about anything. I prophesied that war before it happened. I've prophesied about salad last year. If any of you heard about the salads that you weren't supposed to eat them because they were carrying all kinds of listeria and different diseases on them, I prophesied all that. And I prophesied the first, one of the first times I prophesied uh, what people call crazy stuff is I prophesied, watch your oranges. People are like, hmm, what about oranges? And uh, so anyway, we found out that uh, right after that two weeks, people started shooting me emails and things saying that Walmart had recalled 40,000 cases of oranges. And so, you know, as life goes on, I have presented these prophecies, uh, and uh, this isn't an arrogant statement, and please don't think it is. I haven't missed one. Okay, well, there went, that went over it. So what am I saying? I'm saying that when I spend this time before God, I'm not saying you can't miss it, 
everybody is susceptible. But what I'm saying is if you walk close enough to the Lord, chances are you may not miss it. And so he began to speak to me. One of the first things he began to deal with me about in prayer was the word honor. He said honor in some places in the house of God is almost a joke. Hello? And I said, what do you mean, Lord? He said, I set up the fivefold ministry, not man. And when people say, well, forget about titles, but titles are in the Bible. And it's okay if somebody has a title, if they've earned it. Pastor Tibbs is a pastor because he's earned it. Not because he woke up one day and said, here's my card, I'm a pastor. So you have to earn it. But there is a five-fold ministry, amen? And I've walked in words of knowledge since I was six years old. And, and I used to see things on the playground with my friends and things. And, and so I started out young. And how many of you want to guess how old I am? I think I said it last time I was here. 39. Good, close, close. Close. Give that man a free candy bar. Anybody else want to guess? Take a chance. We had a lady at a restaurant the other day said I was 45, and I said, I've been married 35 years. So I just turned 61. I've been prophesying since I was six years old. Most women don't give out their age, but I don't care. It is what it is, and I'm not having plastic surgery. So if I come here in a year or two and my cheeks are hanging down with my knees, don't worry about it. Just pray for me. So he began to give me the word honor as I was on this sabbatical. And he said, in order for revival to happen in certain places, honor has to come back. Now, what was he saying about that? And to me, and uh, I said, now, I've always been a person of honor. And Pastor Damien just honored me by making y'all stand to your feet and, and applaud. That's just honor. You're not saying, oh, she's, you're worshiping. It's honor. We don't worship people. We give them honor. There's nothing wrong with honor. Some guy helps you fix a flat on your, you know, you offer to pay them and you thank them. You're giving them honor for um, some deed that they've shown you in kindness. And so honor has to come back to the fivefold ministry. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody behind the pulpit is living right. But when you find somebody that is, honor them because it's chancy if you don't. And many people get offended in the house of God and run down to the next church and try to find somebody that's going to tolerate their crazy behavior. Whoops, my glasses. Okay. But, um, you know, now I'm not saying every time you leave a church you got crazy behavior. I'm just saying if you come and you tell the pastor, I'm going to be here, God sent me here, and two weeks later you're leaving, God doesn't change his mind quite like that. The flesh does. And so we've got to learn how to sit, and we've got to learn how to honor. And when we do that, and if everybody doesn't do it, that's their choice. But if you do it, then you can have revival. And you can have personal revivals as well as corporate revivals because God expects us to honor. He doesn't ask you to honor. He expects you to honor. When... Um, if Pastor Tibbs, when he was, you know, doing the police thing out there on the force and he pulled you over, you better not say, hey, I don't like you, you stink, you're ugly. You're, you're going to be, you know, he's going to be like, well, you say that again and guess what's going to happen? 
So there has to be some form of honor. Even if you don't like the fact that they pulled you over, you're probably wrong. You might as well suck it up. Hello? And go ahead. There's nothing worse than somebody that's never wrong. Oh, God, help us all. <laughs> People like that, give me a twitch. Hello? You can't live with somebody that's never wrong. You can stay there, but you will emotionally detach. So he began to talk to me about two forms of honor. One was the fivefold ministry, and one was each other. So I put the two together because they're actually two individual sermons, but I put them together, and then as soon as I'm done with that, I will release my 2023 prophecies high in the balcony. Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. Just want to make sure I say hi to everybody. And so honor... And then he said, when my people begin to honor, now some of you already honor, I get that, but uh, you know, we can always get more. We can always be more gracious, amen, to those who deserve it. I'm not honoring uh, uh, an idiot. Are you? Well, yes or no? I didn't think you would. So, um, you know, you said you call people idiots. Well, don't you? When they pass you and about knock you over with the wind, you go, you idiot. Okay. Well, you're so holy, the halos are shining from here. But uh, I'm just teasing, sincerely. And uh, so as I began to study this, then the Lord said to me, he said, after honor comes suddenlies. And I said, suddenlies? And he said, do you remember Acts 2, 1 through 4? When the day of Pentecost came, suddenly they were praising God. They were fasting. They were going after God. And all of a sudden, boom, here comes the power of the Holy Ghost. Hello, are you? And I said, yes, I remember suddenly, Lord. Happened to me like that. So he said, as you begin to honor the fivefold ministry, which I already ha I've always done that, but I think that we can take on a deeper meaning in there and look at our own lives individually and see, do we honor or dishonor? Do we get mad at the preacher or the worship leader and go out and chew them up and spit them out and then expect this big blessing from God? When you attack the people of God, uh, God says be careful that that chewing and that devouring, you don't get devoured and chewed up. Now, it's okay to confront sometimes. Pastor's going to have to confront. Uh, you know, I may have to confront sometimes, but I don't like it. And I certainly don't do it with a high attitude. Amen? No high attitudes. Come together with a spirit of reconciliation. See if you can't work it out. I'm all about working things out. Hello? And so he said, suddenly is what happened as we began to honor the fivefold ministry. So that's what he started. And then second was each other. So I'm going to do, I know I sent the media people here some scriptures and stuff. And I'm going to try to go in the order I said. But if I don't, um, forgive me. Because I never know what the Holy Spirit's going to do exactly. Um, you know, none of us ever do. And if it's so rigorous. We have to make room for him to say, let's jump over here. Let's do this. I got it all out here, but the rest is up to him. So I'm going to start with First uh, Timothy chapter 5, verse 17. I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. If you want to turn there with me, um, hang on. First Timothy 5, 
17 says, he, and that's talking about honor. Some people want honor and respect and haven't earned it. Thank you. So this is what the new King James Version says, and they have it up on the screen. Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of what? Double honor. Twice as much. So you say, well, I do honor, but let's, let's, let's get double. Check your pastors and see if all their needs are met once in a while. Wouldn't that be nice? Hmm? If sometimes maybe when they're not feeling well, somebody run over some soup and mashed potatoes or whatever, check on them to see what they need. Because I'm a firm believer, if you take care of the house of God, thank you, Pastor, that God will take care of you. I believe that with all my heart. So he says, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. So you might want to check twice, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. He said, especially. Are you out there? And he goes on to say, for the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain and the laborer is worthy of his wages. And then I'm going to go ahead and read this a little bit. It says in verse 19, do not receive an accusation against an elder except from two or three witnesses, not two or three people that heard it from so-and-so. Oh, well, you know, when I was down there at that New Life Christian Ministries, well, you know, that pastor, he did, and I tell you, his wife and I just blah, 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 blah. And then we're going, really? And then we tell our friends, well, I heard down there at New Life Christian Ministries, blah, 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 Boy, it's quiet in the house. We can't just honor to the face. We have to do that with who we have relationships with, too. Keep a secret if somebody tells you. If you can't tell them, I can't keep secrets. But don't spread it out everywhere. I like people that when my back's turned, I know it's going to be all right. And he said, so don't even receive an accusation. Sometimes in honor, we can put our fingers in our ear and say, no dumping. Don't dump that garbage in my ear. Were you there to see it? Well, no, but, so, but then I don't want to hear it. In a court of law, they don't take hearsay. I dated a lawyer one time, and his dad was a judge, and I can tell you they don't take hearsay. They don't even hardly take affidavits because they want, did you see it? Were you there? Do you have proof? If you don't have proof, then all you got is hearsay. And the Bible says, don't receive that accusation. Don't receive it. Well, you're going to love me anyway. This is what the Lord said to me, and I just go by what he tells me. Is that good enough? Because if we don't want to hear from God, um, then we just become a social club. And, well, you know, we don't want to do that, do we? Because we're looking for revival. And I thought this was funny that he said the laborer is worthy of his wages right in there talking about an ox. And I said, Lord, because he gives me revelation a lot of what he's, 
you know, saying, what's the meaning behind the meaning? And I said, what is this, Lord? And he said, when I say don't muzzle an ox while they're treading out the grain, he says, because if you put a muzzle on an ox while they're working, he said they can't eat. But if you take that muzzle off and that ox is working, he can eat as he goes and he can do a lot more work if he can eat as he goes. But he said, if you put a muzzle on him, then he says the, the laborer is worthy of some wages. What's he talking about? He said that the men and women of God that are laboring in the kingdom are worthy to receive an offering. Oh, God bless America. I don't know why the body of Christ gets so hung up on money. He'll be scraping out change out of the car trying to buy a Big Mac. Big Mac won't put five bucks in the offering. Thank you, whoever did that. And all the elders of the church are just staring at me because they don't want to look at anybody. But uh, I'm serious. If you trust God with your soul to take you to heaven when you die or the rapture, but you can't trust him with $50 a week in tithe to your local church, dear God, help us all. Who was the Israelite that said he would rather suffer with his people and be poor than he would with all of Egypt? That's where I stand. I don't need a Mercedes. I can bring in my Kia. I'm okay with that. Are, are you out there? Not against Mercedes, but I'm just saying, if I'm to the place where I can't afford whatever, you know, and I'm saved and I'm paying tithe, and if I pay 50 bucks in tithe and I can't go out that week, wah. You'll save it for your grandchild's birthday party. You'll go on vacation with it. The Bible talks in, uh, I don't know why I'm on this, but I think people need to pay their tithe to this church. You visitors pay wherever you go. Hello? Tithe is 10%. You say, that's Old Testament. Don't make me get into that. I don't have time. You say, why are you talking about that? Revival can't happen if nobody plants any seeds. You say, well, the Bible says that freely you have received, freely give. Yeah, the gift, but you think my car came up here for free? I have to put gas in it just like you do. We had to stop and buy Larry a pair of readers. If the Dollar General weave went cheap, people. <laughs> you say, you're trying to get a big offering? No. I'm trying to get you blessed. I'm talking about paying your tithe to your local church. I didn't say pay your tithe to me. You're supposed to pay your tithe to your local church. You don't have a local church, you can give somewhere else for a minute, but you need to find you a local church, and you need to get in there, and you need to honor the man or woman of God that is trying their best to live right in the kingdom and give them double honor. Is their household taken care of? If you'll take care of their household before you take care of yours, he'll take care of yours. And I was raised like that, and I can tell you it's the truth. It will come back. Keep on casting your bread upon the water, and in many days it'll return unto you. I'm a living witness of that this year already. I mean, there was one minute I'm crying over the bills, and the next I'm rejoicing because they're all paid. And that's how God works. And I'm not talking about $100 either. I'm talking about some stuff. Oh! You say, well, you want my $20? Not if you feel that way. Keep it. The Bible says he loves a cheerful giver. 
pastor said he gives seed to the sower. You know why you don't get a harvest? You think that seed is your harvest, but he gives it to you to plant it. Okay, well, we're moving on. But that's one way we honor in the kingdom. We cannot shortchange those who are working their tail off in the kingdom. That's why he called us an ox. We're big, we're strong, we have power. But if you put a muzzle on us, we can't even eat the scraps from the farmer. And you know who's getting all the harvest? It's not the ox. It's the guy putting the harvest in his little cart behind the ox. Do you ever think of that? You're getting 90%, we're getting 10%, or the church, are you out there? You're getting more. But he said, don't put a muzzle on them because they can't even eat the little bit of leftovers and then they can't do the work. If you starve the kingdom of God, the fivefold ministry will fold up. The church will be in need of repairs and repairs cannot be done. There will be no salvations. Why? Because the pastor didn't have any gas money to get here. Come on, we got to bless God's people so he can bless you and give them double honor we were at the great wolf lodge in mason ohio a while back took our grandchildren and got a suite and all that stuff and and uh i was talking to my husband and i said it always amazes me how people have fun for pleasure but not for god i'd not go if it meant i was going to steal my tithe from the church to go because i know if i wait he'll provide he don't mind if you have fun. He wants you to have fun. He wants you to enjoy your family. Well, say, I love you, Prophetess Adele. Nobody said it. Oh, my. I'm so. <laughs> Two people, praise God. Just trying to preach it right. So I'm talking about honor. And if you think this is about an offering, then you've misunderstood me. This is about your blessing. And it's about double honor for the man and woman of God when they have a right heart doing the best they can. Don't receive accusations and don't get up and move every two weeks because you get offended by someone or something that's not said or something that's not done or something that's said or something that's, hello? Because people will find any which way to get offended, especially if they have some issues in their life and they're looking through their own shades their own experiences. You've got to be careful what you think you see. They don't even take eyewitnesses like they used to. Why? Because people see sometimes what they want to see and who they want to see that that happened to. Are you out there? We have to be careful that we look through the eyes of the Holy Spirit and that only comes from knowing him, not just being around his presence, but being in his presence. Mm -hmm. And then the second thing he said to me, and I'm going to try to jump there, is... Um, so I'm not going to go to the scripture. I'm just going to say it real quick because I got other things I want to say. But he gave me Acts 16, 26. So after we honor the man and the woman of God, then a suddenly comes. And I gave you Acts 2, 1 through 4, about on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came suddenly. But this is Acts 16, 26. And it says, uh, talking about Paul the apostle, and it says, and suddenly... <clears throat> a strong earthquake shook the foundation of the prison. One of the things that will happen is you begin to honor. And if you don't pay your tithe, let me encourage you to pay your tithe because that will help shake the foundation of poverty and lack. 
or not enough or paycheck to paycheck. Hello? So it shakes the foundation, not just to finances, but as you begin to honor the man and the woman of God, whoever that is in your midst, then God will begin to get you out of the prisons that either the enemies put you in, your choices has put you in, your family put you in, your boss put you in, whoever did what and whatever happened, God will shake that foundation. And the great thing about him shaking that foundation is when Paul was in there with Silas and everyone. They were singing praises to God. All the other prisons came open. Your anointing will um, set those around you free. That's this year. Suddenlies with honor. But you can't have this word if you don't do what it says because that's just the way the Bible is. Amen. You can't have what the Bible says if you don't do what the Bible says to do. But if you do it, you can have it all. From front to back, top to bottom, that word can be yours and it can come alive in your life. <laughs> I'm going to get really happy here in a minute. And then what are we going to do? I don't know. But anyway, it goes on, and I'm, just gonna, I'm not going to read these. I'm just going to give them to you. If you're, you're taping this, or you want to write it down, Hebrews 5 and 4. Revelation 4.11, Acts 22.6, <laughs> those are some suddenlies, John 5.23, these are some honors, Acts 28.7 through 10, and uh, then of course Acts 2.1 through 4, Acts 12 and 7, and then I read 1 Timothy 5.17 through 19, just to give the word to back what the prophetess is saying today. There shouldn't be anything that we can't correlate with the Bible when we are talking about what thus saith the Lord. So honor is to treat someone with respect and great esteem. Isn't that good news? Some of you, uh, we need to demand honor. I think that people will do to us exactly what we let them. People aren't going to respect you just because you walked in the room. There's an earning there. Amen? Once you earned it, though, it's okay. You can demand it. So then the Lord began to talk to me about another word that correlates with this about the body of Christ, and I'm almost done with the word from the word. And so he began to talk to me about the word love. And we just had Valentine's Day, and uh, we, were, we ended up not getting to go anywhere, which we don't always celebrate a day because we can, you know, I don't get all worked up about stuff like that. I know some people do, but, and that's your life. But, you know, because if we can do what we want most of the time, because we're on the road anyway, so we have to eat out anyway. When people say, oh, we went out to eat at this week, and I'm like, well, we went out to eat five times out of seven this week. But uh, so, you know, you know. Blue roses would have been nice, but who sells those? I told Larry, buy white ones and spray it with spray paint. But um, so anyway, then he, he began to speak to me about the word love. And, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's right up there, people. Isn't that right up there? Love has to be something behind the scenes. Not all the kissy, squeezy, smoochy, woochy we do in the church sometime and then go outside of the doors and, you know, can't stand that person we just hugged. I'm not talking about that. Love is different than that. And he began to talk to me with about uh, 1 John 4. 
And we're going to look at verse 7. I'm assuming that it will be put up there. Yep, there it is. But wait till I get there, will you? 1 John 4, and we're going to start with verse 7. And this is what the Lord says in verse 7 of 1 John 4. He said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love, listen to this, does not know God, for God is love. Are you out there? So he says here, as we go along, it says, In this the love of God was manifested. It was manifested. Means it showed up towards us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be a propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So the Lord began to talk to me about grudges. Don't make me come out there. But uh, <laughs> now years ago, I used to be a grudge holder. I may not say anything, but I, it would be in there, you know what I mean. It'd be twirling around. And I used to be offended really easily because I wore my feelings on my sleeves. Anybody else do that or was I alone in that? But since then, I've grown up a little bit in the scripture and one day, about 14 years ago, after the death of my mother, the Lord said to me, today you have learned agape love. And so I learned it. And sometimes you learn it through the school of hard knocks. Because pain should be taking the fool out of us. And that's what happened to me. I went through so much pain that it took the fool out of me. And I began to see other people instead of just me, 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 me. Hello? And so the love of God, he says, it's, uh, if we don't love, we don't know God. Don't be prophesying. Everything's based out of love. Faith is even activated by love. Sometimes faith doesn't work because we don't love. We're holding grudges. We're offended. We're bitter. We're angry. We can't keep our temper under control. Whatever. Are you out there? He said, so if you, if you say that you love me, but don't love your brother. Now, loving your brother is a funny thing because that could be a woman too. Could be a child. You know, um, sometimes we get offended at children because they're rude to us or whatever. They don't have any filters. Don't get mad at them. They don't know nothing. They're just kids. They'll grow up. And then we can take them out back and whoop on them. Just kidding. Um, I'm really not a whooper anyway. I had six brothers. That was the only way I could be tough. And I'd look behind me and there they were. But he said that you don't know. If you don't love, you don't know God. Because God is love. And love isn't just like human love because human love will fail. Do something wrong in a marriage. Something maybe too big and, and people are out the door. But God doesn't go out the door no matter how big it is. He just says, come to me. There's an advocate named Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that we're always just going out and doing our thing. But he said, you can't say that, that you really know me if you don't love. No grudges, people. 
no grudges. The Lord said to me, he said, ask them today, are they grudge holders? Are you a grudge holder? Don't answer that. I'm not asking you personally. God's asking, are you holding a grudge? Still mad at your ex-husband, your ex-wife? Still mad at an old boss, a teacher? Mad at your mom, your dad, your grandparents? Still mad about something somebody said or did or didn't do or didn't say? Grudge, 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 grudge. Still comes up. You see him at Walmart. I'll tell you how you know you're over it when the goes away and you can just, hey, how you doing? I remember one time I was in a store and somebody didn't like me. I know it's hard to believe somebody didn't like me. I found it really hard to believe. But anyway, somebody didn't like me. I just went right up to her and hugged her and kissed her on the cheek and walked off. You should have seen her face. Then I heard Creflo Dollar talking about that one time. He did it, and I was like, yeah. What was I doing? I wasn't mad. I wasn't holding a grudge. I wasn't offended. I've refused in 2023 to hold grudges and hold offenses. I refuse to get offended. Well, hallelujah, we're glad for you, prophetess. Refuse to be offended. Refuse it. We're allowed. We have some authority and power here, people. You're allowed to not hold grudges. Woo! I'm free, I'm free. See, because if you can't love, then you don't know God. And don't prophesy to me if you don't know God, because generally speaking, uh, you're probably prophesying the wrong thing because God works by faith through love. If you haven't prayed, you're going to probably hold a grudge. You got you to get in there. So we got to love one another. For love is of God. He that doesn't love doesn't know God. I thought to myself, dear Lord, but that's God for you. He's right down there. He's right in there. He doesn't leave any, you know, weeds. He's pulled them all up. There's nothing there but bare ground. You can see your way through. And I love that. I want to know. I don't want to come to church and have somebody and just lullaby me to sleep. Sometimes, you know, I want it to step on my toes. I want to grow. Anytime that you go through a school itself, there's going to be times that it's not perfect. But you know what? That's how you learn. And when our kids come back and say, well, they've treated me like, well, we're going to go get them, tire. You send them right back into that. Some of them, some of us. Hello? We do that in the workplace. A couple guys come around picking on us, going to thump on us because we're Christians or whatever. We go back to work the next day. Hello? No grudges, no offense. You say, I'm offended, let go. Let go. What's it doing to you? What's it, what's it good for? What's happening in your life? Holding on to an offense from what your ex did or what a boss did or some pastor or whatever. You know, like Pastor Brooks was talking about church hurt. Let go. Let go. Let go. Let go. Well, I'm going to say it again because it's prophetic. Let go. You know why I'm preaching this? Because you're going to get a chance to hold a grudge this week. Mine always comes before I preach. And it's usually not in the pastor's office. It's usually at my house with my husband. How many can relate? Something goofy happens and you're like, la, 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 la. 
you get a chance to be offended. Hmm? Some people don't want an explanation because they want to be mad. Some people don't want it to come together because they don't want to like you. I'm sorry to tell you this, but not everybody's going to like you. I don't know what your mama told you, but they don't like you, not everybody. And you are called to who you're called to, and the rest of us are called to who we're called to. And uh, I feel like this, if, if you have to clutch it, it doesn't love you. If that person or thing is allowed to go out and be free and it comes back to you. My husband has seen swarms of people around me since we've gotten married. I've been the showpiece for I don't know how many years. I'm about ready to half retire. That's the truth. I'm tired. This ox is And I'm going to take a little sabbatical here. We've been through a lot and you know, I just need to rest a little bit. Nothing wrong with that. And, and uh, you know, but, but we got to get to the point in our life that no matter what anybody does, we refuse to be offended. Wouldn't that be neat if the first time out of the box, you didn't get offended even though they treated you like dirt? But everybody isn't going to like you, but you just go for who you go for. And let God let the chips fall where they were. But make sure everything you do behind all that is love. Always, and I, I don't mean some kind of silly, oopy-goopy love. I mean a love that stands the test of time where you're not offended. You know, you've got two pastors here that aren't easily offended. And they're humble. I don't know what you're looking for, but this, this should be a good place. Stop that looking. <laughs> some people, they want to go to every church. Oh, come on. Really? Isn't there one? You didn't get on their way as you were skating by? I've been to several churches, and this is one of the better churches that um, I've been to as far as, um, you know, wisdom and things like that. I mean, each place has their thing, but there's a lot of love here, and they don't get, and I'm sure if they do get offended, they take it to the throne. And so then he goes on to say in Philippians, and I'm done with that, 2, 3, and 4, if you want to turn there, one more thing about love. We're going to love everybody this year. We're going to honor people that deserve it. You know, I used to think if you're nice to somebody, they'll be nice to you. I found out that's not true. Sometimes people just take and take and take and take and take and take and never give anything back. And you don't want to do that in your house with God. You don't want to come here every Sunday expecting pastor, the pastors of this church to break bondages and everything and preach the word and, and uh, endorse this, this great worship team and, have, and then come in and expect everything and expect and just take and take and take and take uh, and take all their years and all the, the pain they've been through and all the anointing they've gained uh, and never say thank you. People think that this position, it, we make it look easy. It's because the grace of God is on us. But I want to tell you, you want to know one of the hardest jobs I ever had. And I had a job with 100 employees and five company cars. Uh, and I had all kinds of people that worked under me. And you talk about a hard job, but ministry is double. Because not only do we fight the devil for us, we fight the devil for you. And it's a hard life, but it's a blessed life. I said it's a blessed life. Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says this. Did you find it yet? 
I'm not used to people putting it up. I'm glad somebody's got something modern around here. <clears throat> Let me find it on mine, though. Philippians, what did I say that was? Two, three, and four. Well, it didn't go there. Now, why not? It says here, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. I believe the pastor was talking about this. We have to decrease so he can increase. I was sitting there during praise and worship saying that to myself. I tell you, you have to decrease. And then you get up and say, I'm like, mm, 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 mm. we are on the spirit. And so he says, what was that? Philippians 2, 3, I don't even know what scripture I'm doing. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Well, bless God, I'm the best singer in the church. Who told you that? Well, I did. Well, that might be your problem. Do you ever meet anybody that thinks they can sing and can't? Oh, God bless America. And they get up there and it sounds like cat claws going down a chalkboard. And their family's like, oh, honey, that was great. And you're like, why are you lying to those people? It's not what you tell yourself you can do. It's what the grace of God comes on you to do. No grace there to do it. You will fail and falter, and it will be a mess. Because the kingdom of God is not based upon personality, wealth, looks, what you drive, who you, how many children you got, how many times you've been married, whatever. It is based solely on the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And you can't even get to, to Pentecost until you pass Calvary. So you got to get purged in that blood. Then you can go on to Pentecost where the fire of God came. Well, three of your amen. And all right, well, you know, whatever. I'm teasing. I don't mind. Some people just listen, but I'm used to people spitting and jumping in the aisle and running. I don't know what's happening. He says, so let nothing. I thought that was good. Let nothing, nothing done through selfish ambition ooh, or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also the interest of others. Something I've noticed, I'm not sure who the worship leader is up here. I assume it's the guy that plays the guitar. How would you know? Because he's given everybody else a chance. Just to walk in here as a congregant, I would never know that that man was the worship leader. He's esteeming others. He's letting them sing and play and use their gifts and their talents. And, you know, I go to a lot of places, and the only one singing and doing anything is the worship leader because that's the one that wants all the glory. But when you watch somebody that you don't even know is in a position, but you, you can almost tell. See, this is how I'm figuring it out because I watch. I watch in churches that I go to, who's praising God? Who's not? Who's looking out at the window and watching the birds tweet? Who's not listening to the ministry of the Word of God? You know, where are we? What are we coming to church for? If it's not a move of God, then what is it? Are we just looking to get a loaf of bread? I don't know, but I think Jesus said it's not in what you eat naturally, but it's in what you eat spiritually. And I want you to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church today. 
today. And he's saying honor and double honor and love because if you don't love, you don't even know me. And this is when revival hits. Um, you know, they're talking about the Asbury or wherever they're having the revival. I haven't seen much on it because I've been a busy camper. But I'll say one thing. They say that the students are leading it, not just one big duck. Well, there you have it. But it's whether the grace of God comes on you to do it or not. Don't try to do it without the grace of God. You'll end up getting hurt and the devil will uh, knock you down and all around. You have to make sure it's God through lowliness of mind and no conceit. Oh. He said, when you come into a place, take the low seat. That way they'll ask you to come up higher. But don't come up higher and just assume you get, that's your spot. Sometimes when I'm ministering in churches, whether big or small, I'll find my way in the back and kind of just nuzzle behind people because I'm not very tall and they don't even know I'm there to preach. And sometimes people think, you know, they treat you, they, they, they ignore you. And I look at that church and I think, well, they ain't going to get nobody because nobody even shook my hand. And they don't even know I'm there to speak and they're not even saying hi to me. How do you expect anybody to keep coming if you don't even speak to them? And then when I get up to minister, then after the service, they're all over me like bees on honey. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't nothing before then. What changed? My position? I don't have no position without Christ. Hmm? Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty, who reigns forever and ever and ever and ever. I said, blessed be the Lord God Almighty, who reigns forever and ever and ever. I said, blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty, who reigns forever and ever. You're something, Lord. So I'd like to give you the prophecies that I have uh, for 2023. Now, I want you to marinate on some of these. Would that be okay? You know what marinate means, don't you? When you put a chunk of chicken in some kind of stuff or a steak and you let it sit for 15 minutes or a couple days or three weeks or whatever, and then it comes out and it's so tender, it falls off the bone. So we're going to marinate on some of these today. I'm going to try to move quickly, but I'm not going to dishonor the Holy Spirit with that. That's okay with everybody, right? You know, um, I'm going to get a slug of water. I didn't know that it would be warm in here. Must be for all you old people. I say that because I'm 61. <laughs> I'm glad that some of you gasped when I said that. It made me feel good. So the, one of the first things that God spoke to me this year, honor suddenlies. That was the word out of the word. You can take that word, you live it, you can have it. Watch for your suddenly, suddenly a healing, prayed for for a year, gone. Come on, somebody, I'm serious about this stuff. So he said to me, he said, some of you will entertain angels this year. Watch, listen, be aware, it could happen any day now. He gave me Hebrews 13.2 with that. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. I want you to watch and listen this year. The Lord wants you to watch and listen. 
You say, I don't know if I'm worthy of that. God decides all that stuff. If you're washed in the blood, you're worthy of anything supernatural. And one of the most supernatural things that could happen is being washed in the blood and having your sins forgiven. I love that, don't you? I like that I'm forgiven. I couldn't stand here before you if I wasn't. I'm grateful for the blood. Somebody ought to be grateful for the blood. What can wash away my sins? What can make me whole again? Remember that this week. So he said to watch out this, this year. You know, when you're feeding the poor, you never know. There might be an angel mixed in there acting like that. Sometimes God wants to see for you to see, because he already knows what's left in you. Is there any pride that you would pass somebody up? And that includes very wealthy. God's not just going to bring the poor in our churches, though they are welcome, absolutely. We are supposed to minister to them, but he's bringing the wealthy too. I believe that. I'm seeing it happen in places that thought they would never have that kind of a blessing. But God knows, and he knows who to touch. It doesn't take the world to bless you, just one. All right, and then he goes on to say, and I'll marinate on these. Many, well, many, M-A-N-Y, will receive a new beginning this year, just like when you were first saved. And he gave me 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, and uh, the new creation has come. The old is gone, the new is here. He said new beginnings for some of you. The old is going to be gone, the new is here. And, and, and not just a couple things, but it's like, it's just going to you're going to, I mean, that's what's happening to my husband and I right now. After a year of one of the hardest trials that I've faced, and I've faced some hard ones, I know more about death than most people because I've lost so many people to death and tragedies. And, um, and God is starting to turn things around. You know, God's a healer, and that's just the way it is, and he's a miracle worker. Uh, and you may have a disease today and wake up in the morning and it be gone. That would be a suddenly, wouldn't it? That would be a prison door open. Because when you have problems in your body, it's hard to function. And there are certain days that are worse than others with disease. And so when God says, you know, he's a miracle worker, we got to get that in there. And you know, and there's all kinds of ways. There could be a natural way. There might be a good doctor, but there's also, we need to forget the supernatural. So all things are going to be new this year for some of you. New beginnings. Every, I just love it. I hope you're marinating. Answers will come this year for the question, why? Why he left me? Why she left me? Why did I do that? Why can't I get healed? Now, he's not going to answer every why, like why did she die or why did he die and why so young this happened. There may be some things you don't get the answer why to, but some of the whys are going to be answered this year. Uh, why isn't my son saved? Why isn't he walking with the Lord? Why isn't my, why did my daughter wind up in prison? You know, there's going to be questions and, and what God's going to do is he's going to go to the root of things so that we can take an acts to the root, because I don't know about you, I don't want to trim a tree, I want to get the whole thing out. 
And so the why has to be answered to some things because that's the root. Why do I have heart disease? Well, maybe, maybe you ate too many chocolate pies. Well, okay. Did I go to meddling? But, um, you know, and it may not be. Some people, my husband had a heart problem for five years. He was on medicine and he's still got some issues and we've been believing and believing and standing and standing. And I, I especially believe, I believe it. And uh, his heart valve would, um, the blood would go back up and, huh? Yeah, prolapse, it gets stuck and then the blood would go back up into his system instead of going back into his system. And he was on, uh, went to a heart specialist and, and they put him on medicine and then just out of the blue, went to see his heart doctor. They did what they always do and said, Mr. Great, that problem's gone and took him off all of his heart medicine. <laughs> uh, suddenly, five years of battling that thing but finally, the devil was defeated and a miracle came. Sometimes you're going to have to fight for your life because ain't nobody else going to do it for you sometimes. Well, that one big. But their answers are coming this year. Why? And God will show you how to get well in many areas. Are you out there? Court issues will be awarded in your favor. The judge, the jury, the lawyer, the magistrate, their hearts will be placed in the hand of God. Doesn't the Bible say that the heart of the king is in the hand of God? So is everybody else's. He can yank it any way he wants to. I like that when people get all, mm -mm -mm -mm, and then God just, they're like, well, never mind. I've seen it multiple times. All manner, did you catch that word? We marinating? Are you marinating back there? Okay, there's about three of them that are. The rest are like, I think they're over marinated. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, all manner of mental, emotional, spiritual illness will be healed this year. No, wait. You'll be going along, and all of a sudden, it's gone after years of battling. That could happen now. Just going along, boom, no more anxiety. Going along, no more depression. No more needing to drink, trying to do some kind of drug, smoking pot to get this stuff out of you so you can live, right? And, you know, function at a, what we call a normal place. But I want to tell you, God's a healer. Don't be condemned by what you do because God will heal you and then you won't do it anymore. I've seen it and I know it to be so. Now, this one's a little unusual, but hang on until I get to the end of it, okay? And uh, I remember when I was in a meeting, and I think Pastor Trevor was there, and he went, what, when I said this, but then we found out the what was real, right? So different countries are going to try to build crafts, C-R-A-F-T-S's, that look like bugs, the bugs that fly. You will see things in the sky and at times even this year that will make you wonder what you are seeing. The purpose is to spy. So I knew nothing about this. And after I began to release these prophecies, my husband came to me about something that he knew about that he didn't tell me because I, but this was after I had been to two or three churches or whatever. And, um, and since then, we've looked up some other things, found out that they have made a drone 
that looks like a mosquito and it's the size of a penny. And it has little wings. I was looking at pictures of it. And they've also, Sweden has also made um, dragonfly drones. It's just like a dragonfly. You can Google all this later. Please don't get on your phone right now. You forget the rest of what I said. Hang in there. But you can Google it later. And they've got wings too. And these things can fly just like bugs. The mosquitoes the size of a penny. And they can fly any direction and all ways. And they've got little wings. And the purpose is, is they're setting their little drones down in places and spying. And then if they find the enemy there, they come in and kill them. Look it up. Very interesting. I didn't know all that was happening, but God shows me unusual things sometimes. And then that was the end of those prophecies. And then he gave me some more, just a few more, after I had given out all those. And then he said to me, it comes from Deuteronomy 32, 13, just out of the blue. He said to me, honey out of the rock. And some of you, if you've never heard that, you need to read it. It's in Deuteronomy 32, 13. But I don't want you to put it up on screen. I don't want to be anybody distracted. But Deuteronomy 32, 13, it says um, that he nourished him. God nourished him with honey from a rock. And I said, well, Lord, what are you saying in this? And he said, sweetness will come from a hard place. Sweetness will come from a hard place. Sweetness will come from a hard place. Look up these drones when you get home. You might find other bugs <laughs> that they're making. Uh, somebody sent me a video where they're actually taking bees and putting little things on them, actual bees, and making them part robot and part real so they can deliver little messages. I was astounded by that. I said, boy, the things you learn after you start spreading it out there. So honey from a rock, sweetness out of a hard place. And then he said, this year, many spoken prophecies will come to pass that haven't as of yet. So many things that have been told to you, whether by somebody at the church or a prophet or a prophetess or the pastor, any kind of a prophecy that you've received that you haven't seen yet, he said, many of those will come to pass this year. I'm seeing them in my life, and it's just suddenly, it's amazing, I'm overwhelmed after a year of being in, uh, well, just total sadness almost for the whole year over uh, my loved ones being sick and people dying, and then to be coming out of that and spiraling out of it instead of going down, going up. <laughs> it's a good place to be. Well, so you say, well, I'm not there. Well, you can get there. We'll help you today. Matter of fact, when I looked at you, and um, I don't look at people when I preach or give words because people think, oh, you mean me. Well, I don't. Whatever the Holy Spirit does, he does. But when I looked at you, I saw a burden come off of you, just like a black cloud coming off your shoulders. And um, I think it's been there for a while. And uh, you've been believing God for, I would say, a person mostly. And um, God is removing the worry and the burden about this person. And uh, as you lay them at the foot of the cross, which you have done, God said he'll take care of it. And you will receive the love you deserve because you do give love. 
And God said, it's going to come back in many waves back into your life. So then the other prophecy uh, that he gave me, he said, okay, yes, Lord. Okay. The glory of the Lord will be revealed to those who seek his face. Fire, signs, wonders will be with you. Not just in the church, they're going to follow you to Walmart down to the gas station, where it save a lot, whatever, Dollar General. I don't know. I don't know what's up here. Uh, wherever. Just enjoy yourself. When you go down the aisle, on all the frozen food aisle, just go fire. <laughs> and then when all the electric <laughs> shorts out and the frozen peas start popping everywhere, you can go, <laughs> just walk out. That was an idea. So the glory of the Lord will be revealed. It won't just be something, oh, praise the Lord for the glory. It's going to be revealed. And don't expect, mm, what should I say, the usual. Just set all those things aside the way he normally comes upon you. Set all that aside and look for the new. God's a God of new. He likes to, you know, get some new things out there once in a while. Don't you like new things? Sometimes um, you don't want a car that you got bubble gum and duct tape and the mufflers missing and head all the way down the road. He wants something drivable, right? You may be in that and keep driving it. When Larry and I were dating, that's what he came to see me in. Man. If I known them, what I know now. He was poor. He was driving, it was his parent, one of his parents' junk cars. <laughs> I called it the Fred Flintstone. How many of you ever seen Fred Flintstone back in the day where he would have the hole in the ground and he goes, and he would, that's how he came to see me. You could hear him coming. We lived in a valley way out in the country and you could hear him coming. And, and my mom said, there comes one of your suitors. And I said, what? She said, there comes another one of your suitors. And I said, how do you know? She said, can't you hear that? And I said, how do you know it's for me? She said, because. <laughs> Never mind. She just knew it was Larry's car, one of your suitors. She liked him. And uh, so anyway, the Lord will be water to your dryness this year, especially loneliness. All you lonely people. You know you can be lonely in a family and people don't get you. Be careful. Sometimes as a Christian, we think people don't get us and they don't. But then there's sometimes the old woe is me. We got to watch that too. We don't want to sit in self-pity. Amen. It's easy to do when you think about stuff. You know what I do? I just don't think about all that negativity. I, I yank my thoughts and I'm going, we ain't going there. I do. Ask my husband. That's what we're supposed to do. Almost done. Okay, can I, um, I see the hand of people that are single uh, that's old enough to be married. Oh, you better put them down. They didn't even know what I was going to say, Pastor. And like, Sorry, I'm taken. Okay, it says, <laughs> a lot of new marriages this year as you find your soulmate. You're welcome. A lot of new marriages this year as you find your soulmate. Now, that doesn't mean divorce the one you got because you got your eye on somebody down the, the pew there. No, 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 no. 
All right? And don't tell me you're single if you're still married but separated. You ain't single yet. Well, that went over big. But how many agree with that? Word, word, that's just the word. <clears throat> you don't send your dog out after the mailman, do you? He's just delivering the letters. I'm just delivering the, the letters. Don't get the canine unit on me. So a lot of new marriages this year as you find your soulmate. Yay! All you married people ought to be happy for them. Instead of going, oh, dear God, what are they in for? It's called the institution of marriage proposal. Institution. I'm holding the door open. Come on in. Family relations that have been on the outs will come back together. Daughters, sons, mothers, fathers, etc., and many, many more. Those relations are going to come back together. I've seen that in my own family. Praise God. You just think it's out there and it's never going to come back. But God has a way of yanking the heart and don't forget that. So what am I saying? Get ready. Family relations coming back. Fathers, mothers, sisters, brothers, cousins, aunts, spouses. And uh, I believe this is the last one I have, Pastor. Just want to make sure. Yes. Misunderstandings will be cleared up this year as the body of Christ learns to communicate rather than run away. That's a good one. Let me read that one again, then I'm done. And then misunderstandings will be cleared up this year as the body of Christ learns to communicate rather than run away. Praise the Lord. I hope you got something out of this today. I'm going to turn it back to Pastor Tibbs here if he wants to. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. All right, let's stand. We're going to pray. We're going to raise an offering for our speaker. And then, as always, we should have a slide for the, for the end there. As always, it wouldn't make sense to go to the hospital and not be seen. So if you had something bad enough going on that it was worth going to the hospital... You should stay long enough and wish that you could be seen for whatever that was. So when you come to the house of prayer, it's the same way.